and this is another episode of Going Beyond Salvation. This is your host, Jess Robinson, and we'll see how long this podcast is going to be because the, the daily reading is mainly dealing with just finishing Exodus and kind of just talking briefly about what happens in the book of Matthew. We're going to save Psalms for for the next podcast. And what ends up happening in the book of Exodus, as we've been talking, is even after, you know, the Israelites had sinned and, and they had turned away from their sin and, and repented, and the Lord, through Moses's intercession he he says he's going to go with them and the the covenant is renewed with them and these last few reading ones we've been going over they've been preparing the tabernacle and getting it constructed and then today's reading we see the priestly garments being made and then you know Moses is consecrating you know Aaron and his sons and setting them apart to be holy before the Lord. And they get everything assembled. And the end of Exodus is the Lord's glory appears. Uh, you know, it goes in, his presence goes into the tent. And how the people knew when to travel was, you know, was when the glory of the Lord would, would be taken up. They would know that they needed to pack up and go wherever the glory of the Lord went. And, and when you think about that in, in terms of, of today with with you know the New Testament and and believers today, you know, I think that's something we all have to, you know one, you know, seek after the presence of the Lord in our lives. And he, I mean, he's there, but there's something, you know, like I was over at church yesterday and the message that, um, we had a, a guest speaker, uh, cause our pastor was, was gone for, for this Sunday. And this guest pastor, he, was talking about like there's just this three different you know there's several different levels like you just have people that are content you know and he referenced to the movie National Treasure and with Nicolas Cage in the the part where they end up finding the treasure and there's this one chamber where it's just the one light and you know in a way believers are content with just the one light and that's it they don't want to continue forward and there are believers today you know as we see too with the tabernacle there was different rooms and we can actually refer to those different rooms based on our spiritual level and there are people that are just happy being outside of the tent outside of the presence of the lord they have jesus as their savior but they really don't want to dig in deeper they're just content with the fire insurance and of not going to hell and continuing to live their life however they want to. And there's just, there's not really this deep relationship. They're, 
they're happy and content with this one place. And then, you know, he talked about, you know, the, the next chamber was, you know, there was some, something had been going on there, but that was about it. And there's believers. Yeah. They go in there, they dig into it. They're, they're researching, you know, into the theology of the Bible and, and they're just happy there, you know, they're just happy being there and, and not continuing forward. And which is the same way, you know, as you continue to get deeper into the tabernacle and closer to God's presence, there's just different levels of people. And there are people that, yeah, they know the Lord, but they're just happy being in this one room but not being totally swept by the presence of God they're just happy and content with where they're at and then there's just then finally you know in the National Treasure movie where they finally find the treasure chamber and there's all this treasure it's the same way with believers that really want to to know the Lord and that's how it is with the Holy of Holies like that veil has been torn you know, when Jesus died on the cross, that veil was torn so that we could be back in the presence of God. We don't have to fear. You know, we can run to, to the mercy seat and run to his presence. And there are people, and then there's, yeah, there are, there are believers that they want to cross that threshold when worshiping the Lord and it's, you know, full out presence of the Holy Spirit, they want to see, they just want to see and, and feel the presence of the Lord moving in their life continually. And, and I'm one of those people, I want to be in that inner, 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 um, tabernacle part. I want to be in the Holy of Holies. I don't want to be outside of the tent. I don't like that. I was just never content. Like when I was a brand new believer, you know, I just saw people in my family that said they, they believed in God, but they, they were just fine and content being outside of the presence of God and just living their life however they wanted to. And it was just like, but there was something more. There's just something more. And as I continue to dig into God's word, it was like I was going from one place to the next and God was calling me deeper. And I remember there was like a time in my relationship with the Lord that he gave a word to, to a person and they were telling me that the Lord was, you know, calling me to go deeper with him. And so it's like, I ran after it. <laughs> and I think that's how we should be as believers, just chasing after the presence of God, just a lot, you know, stepping in and just stepping beyond that threshold, especially in our worship, you know, it just, and it's more than just Sunday, you know, worshiping the Lord on Sunday, it's worshiping the Lord 24, you know, seven and, and allowing him to move in our lives and change us. I mean, today it was just like this weekend, you know, I was just feeling like the Lord was really, you know, he's really been working on me with, with evangelism and more than just evangelizing that youth group and inside church walls. It's like, you're going to take this 
to the next step and it was like okay so he you know he he was speaking to me what to do and I mean it was nerving nerve-wracking a little bit because it's just like well what if they don't like what I you know present here (laughs) you know I'm not going to go into full details about you know what I did but it was just like okay and when I went in there it was just like there was full acceptance it was like okay so the Lord you know even though it was a little bit nervous. It was like the Lord had gone before me and he was preparing for this day, you know, for me to be there and that I was to do this. And he, and that's how he is. And that's what, you know, we see with his, his glory going because he's guiding and directing the people to where they're to go. He's the, the light and the path that they were to take, that they were to follow and he was going before them and making the way before him. And that's how it is with our lives. When, especially evangelizing, especially living our lives every single day, the Lord is going before us and making the way. There may seem to be, you know, things that, you know, that irritate and nag us that, that come across our way. But it's just like those little things, those events that happen, you know, a lot of times I like to say that's the enemy trying to to divert our attention from what the Lord wants us to do. But we have to continue to pursue what the Lord wants us to do. And he, as believers, we need to let him lead us, not us lead God where we want to go let him lead us where he needs us to go and he's preparing that way you know and it's and it may seem nerve-wracking it may seem like scary because you don't know what what it is what's going to happen you know we don't have the magic crystal ball that we can look in and and see what's going to happen you know we can only think in our mind what what could possibly happen all the scenarios but then our mind can lead us to the strangest imaginations and allows the enemy to put the worst case scenarios that cause us not to do what the Lord wants us to do and so you know that's you know, so in the end, you know, these Israelites are following the Lord, you know, continuing on in this journey, and His presence is there. And so that's pretty much the book of Exodus. We're going to go into Leviticus, and Leviticus may seem like a hard book. It is a hard book, especially for brand new believers, because it feels like it's, I remember as a brand new believer with Leviticus, it just felt like a bunch of rules and traditions and I was really confused. And it wasn't until, you know, as I studied more and had guidance from others, how, how it all connected to Jesus and what, what the purpose was behind a lot of this. You know, it didn't make sense to me at first, and I just wanted to skip over that book. I just wanted to just touch on where the story continues and then, you know, fast forward. 
But with the Bible, you can't fast forward because you're going to miss the details. And, and like people say, oh, you can fast forward through genealogies. You really don't want to fast forward through the gene genealogies because you'll miss something. And, you know, there's just a lot to it, you know. So, that's it for Exodus. And then we continue on with what is happening to Jesus. And, you know, this is the morning. This is the sixth, sixth day. If I remember right. Or no, day... Oh yeah, it's the sixth day. <laughs> and this is the morning. And what ends up happening is... They're, they're going to take him to Pilate. Now, in this time, before they go to Pilate, Matthew takes us to Peter. Peter ends up doing what Christ says he's going to do. That he's going to disown him three times. And we see that Peter weeps bitterly. And many people go, man, you know, why would somebody who was there with Christ for so long through his ministry and seeing all these things, why would he deny Jesus? You know, I don't know what was going through Peter's head during that time. I just know that he really wasn't prepared for what was happening because they really didn't understand what was what was happening at that time. They didn't even though Jesus had predicted it, they didn't truly understand it. And we're going to see this difference between Peter from this point to Acts you know, we're going to see a difference in Peter because once Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit empowers him to stand up for Christ. In that time, he didn't have the Holy Spirit. And I think he, you know, and it, there's a lot that happens when you are not filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, one of the things that happens, and I, you know, as I'm learning, when churches are not spirit-filled, when they do not allow the Holy Spirit to, you know, they quench the Holy Spirit, they lack in prayer, in the power of their prayer, and they lack in their ability to evangelize and witness. And we'll see Jesus command his disciples that they are to wait until the Holy Spirit comes. They are to wait in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes. Because they cannot, they weren't going to be able to witness and share the gospel until they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's the same way we see it with Peter. I, he just didn't have the Holy Spirit in him to, to defend God. Jesus, you know, to defend his faith. He was still a man and had fear. And it, and it is hard. When you are confronted because of your beliefs, it does get scary. Because you don't know what... There is that unknown factor of you don't know what's going to happen. 
But I know that being filled with the Holy Spirit, I have had the comforter and I've had the guidance and direction how to handle persecution and still be able to stand up for for Jesus and not defend myself, but to defend Jesus. And so we see Peter denying Christ three times and then he goes and weeps bitterly because you know it it hits him and I think there's a strong conviction and condemnation that he's feeling you know I think he feels like he's hopeless at that point and then we turn to Judas and Judas realizes what is going on and he actually feels conviction he feels bad about what he did and he tries to return the money back to you know the religious leaders and I think you know people go what's going on there you know I don't know what was going through Judas's mind other than probably that he realized that he didn't do right <laughs> do I think you know, I don't know Judas's mind, but he does end up killing himself, which is sad. But we'll see Peter later, you know, refer to, to scripture that this was going to happen. And we do see Matthew refers back to, to the prophet Jeremiah about the potter's field. So there's a lot of prophecy being fulfilled and it's hard. You know, especially with Judas, that that this had to, his life had to end that way. And so he ends up dying. And then we go to Jesus, who is being taken to Pilate. Who's the Roman governor? As I said in a previous pod, in the previous podcast, they sentenced him to death, but the Jews could not carry out the death penalty because of the Roman rule. It had to be the Roman government that carried out the death sentence. So they're taking him to Pilate and Pilate's hearing this but we see Jesus doesn't say a word other than when he asked are you the king of the Jews and he says it's as you know you said and But other than that, he's not there defending himself. And that actually fulfills scripture that, you know, prophecy that he was going to be like a lamb led to slaughter, very silent. Which is very odd because I have seen animals that have gone to slaughter. And if you're taking them to a marketplace, you know, like a a butcher, they're not silent. So it was like, whoa, but I don't know. Things could have been different back then, but I've seen, like, especially when you take animals to someplace different, especially to the county, you know, the county fair, they're always talking, especially sheep and goats. It was... You know, because I was raised, 
you know, I, I raised steers, but there, the sheep and the goat barn was not that far from the steer barn. And you could hear them just crying and, and all of that. And it wouldn't be until like the end of the week. And I think they're just tired by then. <laughs> then it would be silent by the end of the week. Then Saturday when the sale happens, then it all starts back up again, you know? But, you know, Jesus doesn't defend himself. You know, he's willingly going to his fate at this point that he's going to go to the cross, he's going to die on the cross and be resurrected from the grave three days later. He's going to go ahead and take this punishment and bear our sins. And so I think that's something we really need to think about that Jesus didn't protest. He didn't fight. He didn't... He willingly went, you know. And I think that's something that we need to really think about when we're thinking about what Jesus did for us. He willingly... You know, there's this willingly left heaven and became flesh. He willingly, you know, healed the sick. He willingly taught the crowds. So there's there's this willingness, this difference. You know, when you think about other religions, that's all they are is religions because their gods didn't, they're their gods didn't willingly die or you know left their leave their their place of power for humankind it's Jesus is the one and he willingly died on the cross for us which just shows the love and compassion of God that he loves us and i think you know and it's more than just words it's more than just words on that page because the Lord sees us, He knows us, He loves us, and we can know that through His Son, Jesus, of, for what He did. And so, you know, as we continue on in, in the daily reading for, for tomorrow, we can, you know, we have such, I just challenge you know, and I'm challenging myself more and more, even as I listen to lyrics and worship, to really think about what the Lord did for us. You know, we're really, when this is recorded, uh, this is March, and we're coming upon Easter pretty soon. And it's like, we really need to think about really what the Lord did for us and how much He loved us in this the story and it's more than just a story but this this love letter from from our father who wants a relationship with us and so i'm gonna pretty much end there um one thing i do want to end on a note on is when this was being filmed um or recorded i'm used to saying filmed because i was in acting when I was in college so I'm used to the word filmed but 
when this was recorded, what was going on in this time is the coronavirus. In the next podcast that will be recorded, which would be the next day, what has happened is a national decree of prayer is being called against the coronavirus. And there's a lot, you know, being a reporter, you know, you see the different spectrums of some people not caring about what the coronavirus can do and passing it off. But then you also have those who do take take it to the far end to bring fear. This is what I have to say about the coronavirus and based on my beliefs. I've, as I've always said, we are not exempt in this fallen world. However, I do believe in God as our healer and that he is our protector. And one of the things I have been doing, because it's far ahead in the reading, is praying Psalm 91. Because it deals about not fearing when there's evil and that pestilence is not going to come. And, you know, when Psalm 9, it refers to tents, but I take it further and say it's not going to enter my home. It's not going to enter into my life. It's not going to enter into my family. And even taking it as far as that, you know, Lord, do not let it come into our borders my concern with coronavirus and it's just because I do have parents who are older my dad has had pneumonia and bronchitis before and so you know as as we all know it's he's susceptible to coronavirus because and it could affect him bad because his lungs were damaged with the pneumonia and bronchitis Uh, my mom is older as well and her immune system is not as strong either right now and then I have a brother that's 18 months older than me he has asthma which it could affect him But I don't let that fear control my life because I, I do not doubt God. I know that my God is bigger than coronavirus. And that's why I push for, you know, a prayer movement and for people to take time and pray that this will not uh, spread any further than it should. You know, and that the Lord is going to put a hedge of protection around those who have not been affected and that he's going to heal those that are already affected. And that, you know, I'm just trusting too because of some of the persecution that's going on in China. And this is really hard to say because people are going to go like, you're really mean. But it's like I want to believe, you know, and pray that there will be people raised from the dead in during this time in China and that is going to reach to their leaders that this happened and that they cannot deny that 
it was Jesus that did it. Because, you know, that's my prayer is that people would be raised from the dead during this time. Because there have been people that have died. I'm not going to neglect that matter. And so I'm praying that, you know, there will be people who do believe in Jesus that are going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and feel called to pray for over the dead and that the dead will raise, that there will be some that are raised from the dead over this. And so, you know, as we finish off today, you know, just, just know with this coronavirus, we don't have to fear because... You know, Jesus, as we're going to see, he's going to get flogged, you know, which to the point of death. And through his stripes, we are healed. We were healed that day. And so, and my God's bigger than any virus. He's bigger than, you know, what the enemy tries to throw at us. You know, he's bigger in all the problems and I think we don't have to fear or live in fear we have a hope you know we have Jesus who is our blessed hope and so I'm just going to finish off in a prayer so thank you Lord Jesus for for taking care of us Lord and we just thank you God that you willingly you willingly came and you willingly died and you willingly was raised you know raised from the grave to forgive us of our sins so lord we just thank you for for what you have done and what you continue to do in our lives lord and we just pray in regards to this coronavirus lord lord you are bigger than this coronavirus that Lord we just pray over our nation we pray over the world Lord God we pray that your hand would just strike this virus and eliminate it in Jesus name and that Lord in the name of Jesus we pray for those who have been affected by the virus Lord God that they will be healed in the name of Jesus and that Lord we just pray for those that have you know, families that have lost their loved ones due to the coronavirus. I just pray that you give them comfort and peace during this time. We pray that you would just bring signs and wonders during this time. That Lord, raise the dead. Raise the dead so that Lord, people will be, you would be glorified. That the people can glorify you. That there would be this mass revival, Lord, and that we just pray against this coronavirus from from hindering your revival. We come against it in, in, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and we just pray that you would continue to move, continue to move as we read your word and bring revelation to our hearts. We just thank you for all that you do and that we continue to glorify you and magnify you. And we just thank you in Jesus' name.